remind me to tell you one time about red fife wheat. Uh, okay. I was like, oh, why is it called red fife? What an interesting name. It was developed by a man named Dave Fife. <laughs> and that's it. I was just where did the red come from? Well, it's like red. It's a red. Wheat. It's, <laughs> but <laughs> but I was like, really? It was just named after a guy. Well, thanks for um, making sure I don't have to remember to ask you to tell me this story. Yeah. (laughs) There's our cold open. (laughs) Cue the music. I'm Rebecca. I'm Paige. And this is... Made from what's left. (laughs) You have to believe it. If you don't believe it, they won't believe it. Made from what's left. I'm so angry. (laughs) Angry. Angry. Made from what's left. (laughs) No clapping your punctuation. (laughs) Folks, this is Made from What's Left. Welcome. You are listening to an encore presentation of Made from What's Left. (laughs) Well, they don't know. Maybe they're listening to it twice. (laughs) No, they know. They know. encore presentation <laughs> it was a big day for us because we went so many places today i can't believe that we went on a field trip today it feels like spring doesn't it <sighs> yeah spring has sprung it's nice to be outside again it is it's nice to be outside again and not falling every 13 feet that was you <laughs> <laughs> you feel so sure-footed in the I, spring i could just i can walk anywhere it was nice to not wear a hundred layers yeah or cry every time we got in the car yeah we're out of the car yeah we did anyway, but I oh, know didn't have to. It's optional crying. <sighs> so what are we doing today, Roy? Uh, I have an idea that I'd like to float by you. <laughs> <laughs> She's adorable. What well, uh, what idea would you like to float by me? Let's talk about buildings that float as if by magic. Ooh, what kind of buildings float as if by magic? You're the architect. You oh. tell me. <laughs> Perhaps you're talking about 50s and 60s modern architecture characterized by mostly heavy structural, honest forms with deep inset main floors, often in glazing, giving the unmistakable look of a building that floats. I was thinking that, but I didn't think that I'd have to read it. So thank you for <laughs> taking that one for me. Did you not well, have to memorize you, anything in architecture What makes you think I was reading? <laughs> was it something in my cadence? No, it was fine. <laughs> It was the sound of rustling paper over your completely random thoughts. (laughs) Ah, yeah. Yeah. Floaters. So, uh, does this style of architecture exist in Winnipeg? (laughs) In fact, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, there are some notable examples of architecture that uh, meets all the criteria that I just mentioned. I could pretend to be surprised. Okay. Or I could admit that we drove around for three hours and looked at them. I think you can admit. Okay. I think you just did. Yeah, <laughs> we did our homework. <laughs> um, but um, I think one thing that bears saying um, that is that a couple of the buildings that we covered in our brutalism, mm-hmm. not brutalism episode. <laughs> yes. Episode uh, four. Okay. Sure. Um, Who's going to argue? <clears throat> I've got it written down. <laughs> um, we're not, we're not going to go into any more depth on them, but they fit the bill. Mm-hmm. So things like the Pan Am Pool, mm-hmm. Centennial Concert Hall. Mm-hmm. Did we talk about University Center? The inverted ziggurat. No, that was the mm-hmm. uh, 
Manitoba Teacher Society. Yeah. Yeah. No, we haven't uh, discussed the university, but I feel like we will today. Well, not University Center. No, the university. university. Oh, the university. Yeah. <laughs> Remember where you went to school? Remember where you claimed to have gone to school? There's going to be an inquiry opened up after this. I spent some time there. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a permanent imprint of my face on at least one of those desks. Probably. <laughs> um, but so another sort of genre of this same style is known as dingbats. Do you, sure. know, do you know what a dingbat is? Not in the architectural sense, but I've met a few. <laughs> Present company excluded. <laughs> Don't say that about young Rebecca. <laughs> a dingbat is a type of apartment building that flourished in the Sunbelt region of the United States in the 50s and 60s, a vernacular variation of the shoebox-style stucco boxes. Dingbats are boxy, two- or three-story apartment houses with overhangs sheltering street front parking they remain widely used today as bastions of affordable shelter um, they're mainly found in southern california but also in arizona florida hawaii nevada bronx new york and in this list vancouver canada but we also know it to be true mm-hmm. they exist right here in winnipeg should we start with some notable winnipeg dingbats let's do it <laughs> oh i have a list here Roy oh, buildings again oh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> then no, you go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, where do you want to start? 390 Wellington Crescent, perhaps? Yes. What building is that? That's Executive House. My favorite. <laughs> I love Executive House. You almost House. owned one of those. <laughs> well, I was looking at the listing. You know, the problem though was I love the building. Yeah. But I want it like, I want the inside to match the outside. Mm. I don't want like an unsympathetic 90s kitchen Ooh, <laughs> redo. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, because yeah. that, that building to me is like where Don Draper would have had an apartment. Totally. Right. They were built as apartments, but they're now condos. So you totally could have bought one and restored it. I could have redrapered it. Um, <laughs> it. To me, it's always, that building has always seemed to me to be really masculine. Like I've always thought that that's where like single and or divorced guys would live. I don't know is why. Is that because of the word executive? Maybe. And the 50s? Maybe. It screams man in a suit? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess it could be a lady executive house. Totally. It does have a slightly pink hue. <laughs> <laughs> the lady executive house was more family friendly <laughs> at the time. But some nice things were done to the lobby. Yeah. The lobby had like a little mid-century vibe. It's it's reminiscent. Mm-hmm. It's new. Clearly new. But As we peeketh through the windows. We did. Um, so actually, like, from the pictures I saw online of the real estate listings... You do get quite a nice little view down Wellington Crescent. Depending on the suite you have, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. the way it's positioned if you're on that front side of the building. Yeah. Although I think the units go all the way through. They do. do. They not? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. your living room view would be down Wellington Crescent. And I think like the living room side of your suite is all glass. Yes. Um, so the building was designed by Les Stetchison. You don't say. Should come as no surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was while he was with Libling Michener and Associates, today known as LM. Did he ever have his name on the, uh, on the door there? It's a good question. Was don't it know. LSM? Was it LMS at any point? <laughs> SLM? We don't know. MLS. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the time of construction, each suite included a masonry fireplace. Okay. Um, and decorative wood paneling and plaster. So if you do buy one, this is I what you're going to, yeah, this is what you're going to have. 
Um, fun fact. Okay. So the building was built in 1959-60. Yep. In 1961, Libling Mitchner and Associates received a silver medal Massey Award. Sure. Um, for architecture, for its work on Executive House. Oh. So a Massey winner. Keep that in mind. I feel like that's going to be recurring. A Massey winner. Today. Do they still give out the Masseys? I, n- no. Oh, no. I, I, I don't know the answer to that, actually. <laughs> Cue the music. <laughs> Thanks for coming out today. <laughs> and scene. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually think so. Towering over Executive House mm-hmm. happens to towering. be towering. Yeah. There's a reason why I'm saying that. Do you know the reason why I'm saying that? No. Oh, okay. So towering over Executive House mm-hmm. is 811 Grosvenor, also known as Grosvenor House. Yes. Also designed by Libling Mitchner. Yes. Slightly taller. I don't know about towering, but sure. Eight stories. Okay. Uh, When completed, this eight-story apartment building was the tallest all-precast building in Canada. What? That's why it's towering. That's impressive. Isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. There's some really cool construction details, or like construction photos, uh, at the Winnipeg Architecture Foundation's listing for this building. Of the precasting? Yeah. Do you remember when we were looking at the building and you were like, that roof... That wingy roof is really cool. Yeah, like the flat roof thingy projection. Yes. I have something really cool to show you. Okay. If it's a UFO landing on the roof of Grosvenor House. <laughs> it's- I'm really going to be delighted. As this is a visual medium. This is one of the original sketches. What? Look at the beautiful rooftop vaults. It's like little archy things. Little archy canopy items. Look how beautiful that building is. Isn't it gorge? How how fun it would be to move into a brand new building that looked like that. Yeah, and park underneath. So did they ever construct it with those things and then replace it with the flat thing or did they just put the flat thing? I, I think, don't know. I think the um, the flat thing is there. Okay. Uh, if it's the same flat thing. And I don't think that those vaults were ever constructed. Heh. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, and we did notice that the Grosvenor side had less glass mm-hmm. than the back side of the building. Yeah. So in the same way that Executive House would have really nice views down Wellington Crescent, I think the suites in this building that are facing, what would that be? Northish? Oh. Yeah. Would also have a really beautiful view down Wellington Crescent. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of that one? I like it. Thank you for not mentioning me trying to crawl under the fence to get into the parking lot. <laughs> I have <lot>. video. <laughs> I have video of that. Uh, we also made a stop today at BDI. Yeah. At 766 Jubilee. Although no one needs the address. Nope. Everyone knows where BDI is. Yep. Uh, designed in 1958 by Les Deshison. The one and only. The one and only. So you don't really think of BDI as being like architecty. I sure do. What do you well, mean? you do. You oh. do. Oh. But most people, they're like, it's it's square. It's a box. No, it is not. It's a simple modernist structure. It sure is. With exposed beams and trusses. Yeah. Uh, and an exterior of glass, brick, and tile. It is. And a beautiful mural on the side now. It's a cool mural. It's a cool I, mural. I don't say that a lot. A cool mural? No. Yeah. No, you're not yeah. mural happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I, I was into that one. Some really like, fan of murals. Oh, I wanted to read something about collage BDI. Collage of graphics. Um, so we had floats. <laughs> we <laughs> in had honor of floating architecture. Delicious floats. And I should just mention that uh, 
when you order the float, you get the rest of the bottle of soda. Yes. So they hand you. Okay. Let's just paint the picture. <laughs> they you hand you a cup. The iconic red cup. The iconic red cup filled to the brim with ice cream and soda of your choice. Yes. Perched on the rim of the cup. I would say precariously. I thought it was precarious, but it wasn't. It wasn't going anywhere. No, it was structurally Perched. sound. It was structural. <laughs> Perched on the top rim of the cup is a generous, additional helping of ice cream. Yes, and then in in addition to handing you the iconic red cup with all of those things. So in the cup, yeah. soda and ice cream. Yeah. Outside the cup, additional ice cream, and the rest of your soda. The remaining soda. Yeah. Soda? Do we call it soda in Canada? Pop, pop. I would call it, if it comes in a bottle, I'd call it soda. Maybe it's a f- maybe if it's involved in a float, you call it a soda because it's like old timey. Yeah. Did you see how jealous everyone was of us when we walked away with our? They were so jealous. They were being given one thing. We, we were, were being given a plethora each, and it was like a craft project. Yeah, there was spoons, there were straws, there were cups, there was ice cream, there was. When you realize so that straw pop. wasn't paper, I've never seen such joy in a oh, person's face. It was a good contraband straw. Okay, can I read something about uh, BDI? Hit me. Okay, this, is, this has been said of the building. Okay, uh-oh. This tiny ice cream stand, suggestive of a little market stand, is noteworthy as much for its straightforward design as for its restrained yet gay advertising and lettering. No other roadside concession in the city approaches the high quality of this one. And uh, the other thing that's interesting is uh, that you pointed out when we were there is that the menu has never changed. <laughs> that's a great picture. Thank you. No, the menu, I think they've made additions to it over the years, but... Like the board hasn't, like... The menu board, those are 50, 60-year-old letters. <laughs> 70-year-old letters. They have um, a patina. <laughs> we, I grew up in old St. Vital. And we used to ride our bikes to BDI. Cool. And I would get the chocolate-covered frozen banana on a stick. Okay, so you yucked my yum when we were at the BDI. Oh, because you... My standing order at the BDI. Yes. And also at Sergeant Sunday. And anyone else that will indulge me is a Sunday with half marshmallow, half peanut butter. It's delicious. You're just going to get dead air out of me because this know. is like... I know. And if all of the colorful, flavorful things at the BDI... You just pick brown sauce. What is yours, Paige? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> all right. So I have maybe been criticized. Of all the inventive offerings they have, <laughs> all, like they have a hundred flavors of sundae <laughs> or milkshake. They have things in pineapples, things in cantaloupes. They have cones stuffed with other things. Mm-hmm. And what's your favorite? A small, plain vanilla ice cream cone. <laughs> but part, okay, in my defense, part of the part of the reason I like that is because I love the cone. I'm not really there for the ice cream. This you is just a little want bit, the cone. Yeah, I want the slightly moistened cone. <laughs> That tells me so much about you. You could take a knife and you could slice the ice cream off, drop it into somebody else's cup. Uh Uh-huh. And I would be happy with just what's left in the cone. I think I know what I'm going to get next time. Paige, what are you having? Just a small cone? Well, I'll just wait. I'll just wait right here with my (laughs) hand out to accept your scoop of ice cream. So, like, when you order, when you go to BDI and you look up at the menu board and you see all those options (laughs) and you land on these small... (laughs) undipped vanilla cone yes 
Do you hear like a sad trombone sound? No. Or is that just imagined? No, no. <laughs> Nobody's hearing <laughs> any brass instruments. I'm just, I'm just simple when it comes to ice cream. Okay. I like a plain vanilla ice cream cone. Okay. And frankly, chocolate's cool too. In fact, chocolate's probably the priority, but there. What about a swirl? Is that just too crazy? It's just like too many things happening at once. <laughs> Listen, I'm not here to be outrageous. It's my ice cream. Yep. All right. Nope. Okay, but highly recommend. Yes. And we didn't walk across the bridge. And don't tell my husband we went there because he'll be so disappointed. That he doesn't listen to this yeah. anyway. So. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh He's my driving God. around all day listening to our podcast. You're right. We didn't walk across the bridge. We didn't do it. So that's kind of the point of the bridge drive-in. This sort of like return trip that you make mm-hmm. <laughs> across the bridge. And back you again. Like the little ritualistic walk across the bridge. I can't believe we didn't do that. Do you know that that used to be a bridge for traffic? Yeah. Did you know it was a toll bridge? I didn't. It was a toll bridge back in the day. What? It's like a five cents for a pedestrian. and it's too much. A dime for a vehicle. It was like... There Way was, too much. There was a sliding scale of... Oh, <laughs> you had to pay to go across <laughs> the bridge. But I'll find you some pictures. There was a little like guard hut... And someone Neat. stood there taking the toll. Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to do an episode on bridges one day, if you ever let me. I'll save that fact for our episode. Yeah, don't bridges. tell them now. <laughs> we had many toll bridges in the city. Stop talking about bridges. This Ugh. isn't the bridge episode. This is Cue just the music. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bridge Talk. I'm Roy. <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> okay, so two Les Stetcherson buildings. Two phenomenal floats. What's next? Should we go to Broadway? Let's Should go Broadway. we go to the university? What do we want to do? I mean, we could go to the university where things began. For you. <laughs> okay. Where things began for me. This is where I was conceived? This is where I was born? Well, you're architecting. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to call these the uni cuties. The uni cuties. Because they are cuties. They are cuties. Um, you're going to notice a bit of a trend here. Mm-hmm. I'd like you to take note of the years. Okay. This is a really, really short time period in Winnipeg's history mm-hmm. that um, a lot of really cool things were happening. So, um, and these are in no particular order. Um, but let's start, shall we, shall we, with the John A. Russell building. Okay. Which is home to the Faculty of Architecture. Of course. Because <laughs> I spent a lot of time in there. <laughs> It had a beautiful bridge. Uh, it did. <laughs> Actually, a lot of the buildings, or all of the buildings? No. Many. All but one of the buildings, all but two of the buildings we're going to talk about at the university. We're going to talk about three buildings, all of them, <laughs> but not two of them. <laughs> okay, so located at 84 Curry Place. Okay. Designed by Smith Carter, Captain Lakoff. Yeah. Associates. Now A49. Okay. <laughs> Um, so this and several of the buildings that we're talking about today were inspired by the Bauhaus buildings, um, by Walter Gropius, uh, and Crown Hall at the Illinois Institute of Technology by Mies van der Rohe. <gasps> I have things to say about Mies van der Rohe. Okay. I'll wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so the building has an introspective focus. Okay. Windows on the exterior of the building are in bands. One band is sort of by your feet. Mm-hmm. The other is too high for you to look out. 
So is this so that you'll concentrate on your studies? That's the theory. (laughs) (laughs) But But everyone spent the rest of the time either laying on the floor, standing on their desks (laughs) to look out at the wiener sculpture. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um, but the building was also... um, complete with an inner courtyard okay so yeah so the main floor uh houses the architecture and arts library Mm -hmm. administrative offices some seminar space and some classrooms and then the second floor is the um student studio space oh where you would build little models of the building you were in yes (laughs) there was a reason i did um but uh yeah so second floor and also had some lounge space student lounge space and studio space it's one of two buildings for the faculty of architecture on site the other is called architecture two (laughs) what a name not creative (laughs) is that a more modern addition to the campus yeah not yeah yeah um anyway so so what year was that one the uh john a russell building 1985 sorry 85 1959 58 to 59 okay what a time it must have been in winnipeg with all of these cool new buildings going up yeah i like in little pockets too because they were there was density each in each location where these buildings were happening but this this is like a really so in the first buildings that we mentioned were 1959, 60, and 1960. Mm-hmm. So, like, just a two year span there. Um, this is 59. What did I say? 58, 59. 58, 59. Then, directly across Curry Place from the architecture building is 71 Curry Place, which, which is the Faculty of Education. Yes. The architect for that building was Libling Mechner, now known as LM. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a lot of the same hallmarks so it has the sort of shadow band at the bottom of the building which gives it that floating appearance Mm -hmm. it has the bridged entrances and it has a lot of verticality in the glazing verticality you say also in the structure (laughs) (laughs) so like one of the things that i love about these buildings Mm -hmm. is that they have an almost total honesty of structure right so a lot of the structures exposed on the exterior of the building but then this this mechanism of making it float is almost a pull back from the honesty of the structure. Mm-hmm. Just like that last 10%. Just trickery. Is, Architectural Is trickery. there a limit? Or like, is there a minimum that something has to float? No. To be in this style of floatalism? <laughs> and for the record, <laughs> floatalism is not a style. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> We're not, we're not making that a thing. <laughs> I'm really on to something here. No, no, you're not. Because it could be a full story. It could be just some banding. Yeah, I, I don't know of any rules around it. I haven't read any rules around it, but uh, it's just a technique that takes the bulk of a fairly significant um, stone and steel building and then undermines it a little bit to give just, it that effect. It's like folding in some egg whites yeah just to lighten things there's up. nothing like that oh it kind of sucks with those buildings though that in the winter when you have like a six foot snowbank, you would lose that effect oh right like if you had snow right up to the well it's a good thing we're in a southern climate <laughs> and that never occurs that's right <laughs> 
No, you know, the uh, Faculty of Architecture addresses that by taking all of the snow away from the foundation of the building and creating the ditch for ditch ball. <laughs> Is that a thing? It's a, it's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Have you not heard of ditch ball? No, architecture. Oh, weird. man. Well, probably won't go into it. It's just some shenanigans that happen in spring. You in don't the see end the ag students coming out to do that. <laughs> nope, just engineering and architecture. <laughs> Duking it out in full hockey gear. So we saw architecture, we saw the education building. Yep. What else did we see on campus with that floaty float style? Oh, law. <laughs> yes, the uh, Robson Hall. Yep. Built in 1969. That's a little bit later. Mm-hmm. That, that one, let's forget that one for, for a timeline. Well, we're going to appreciate that one for all for how okay. cool the building is. It's one of my favorite buildings on campus. Yeah. Um, that was designed by Ward McDonald and Partners. So yeah, Robson Hall is the law, faculty of law, and um, is characterized by a really exaggerated version of this style, mm-hmm. where it's really just the top floor that, that extends out over a uh, colonnade, mm-hmm. a big, beautiful colonnade. And I think that's a real statement building. Yes. And lots of glass on that main floor. And really cool scuppers. You have to put... (laughs) Like you would not believe. Yeah. You have to put the picture of scuppers on the Instagram. Speaking of which... Mm -hmm. Are we going to put the photos on our (laughs) socials? I'm throwing it to you. I was thinking I would put the photos from this episode on our socials that made from Bod. Oh, good idea. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, so then, um, shall we dip around the peninsula yes. and chat about 34 McLean Crescent, Ooh, which sure. is the Mary Speechley Hall. <gasps> oh, I did like that one. 1963 to 64. And it was a residence? It was a, yeah, it was a student residence. Women's residence, actually. Of course, with yeah. that name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, architect was Waisman, Ross and Associates. Adjacent to the Mary Speechley Hall. Yeah. Hall? Yeah. Yeah. Adjacent to Mary Speechley Hall is the Faculty Club. Which is one of the coolest buildings on campus. It's absolutely gorgeous. So it's a little one-story building with a folded plate roof. Yeah. We'll say nothing of the addition built over it. Nope. Does not need to be mentioned. Not whatsoever. (laughs) We'll be photoshopping that out of the photo on our socials. That made from pot. (laughs) Well, that was seamless. I'm impressed. Um, so yeah, same, uh, same sort of techniques used on both a tower building and a one-story building side by side kind of reminds me of Grover House and Executive It's House. such a cool little like mid-mod, almost like those strip malls. Remember when up Main Street? Yep. And those like wiggly waggly. Bus garage? Yeah. I Is it the bus garage? Yeah, yeah. There's like a strip mall up there that's like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Or like that, the back of Earl Grey School. Yeah. What? Huh? Where? We're going to save that for the, uh, the mid-century modern episode. episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so. But uh, it has an addition that need not be mentioned. That Although has now one, been mentioned twice. <laughs> I know. The one good thing is that they built it over. R- built right over top. But they didn't like incorporate it. Mm, they just no. built a thing over top put a hat on it yeah they sure did without any detail i think it's also worth mentioning that the university college mm-hmm. is also of this style same did time we, period did we visit that one today we did not we didn't it was just behind robson hall okay and we caught glimpses of it but we didn't actually go there 
honorable mention. I have a really sure. cool honorable mention for it later. Okay. Okay. So that's the uni cuties. Want to go to the Broadway beauties? I sure do. Tell us about the buttes. Let's go to <laughs> let's go to Broadway, shall we? Is there anything you wanted to say about the university before? Uh, I... No. No. Did it, you have it, FOMO? Like FOMO for not having gone to that university? Yeah. No, because I got to go to the Notre Dame campus of Red River, which was <laughs> stunning in its architecture. <laughs> Young Rebecca just made a face. I've never seen her make that face. Like not even the cool downtown campus. I should do a whole episode on Red River. Okay. Um, like the just the river though. I did spend a lot of time at the like university. The actual river. <laughs> I spent a lot of time at the university when my friends were going there. Oh yeah. Did you have FOMO then? Uh, no, because you yeah. were having fun and they were. I was the having ones fun studying. and they were. Yeah. Oh. I could leave when I wanted. And <laughs> they had the FOMO. Yeah. I did note that there was a sub place in University Center that never had tomatoes. And there was a what? sign up and it said, due to the ongoing shortage of tomatoes. There was a tomato shortage? Well, <laughs> according to the At sub the place in University Center, yeah. Interesting. Oh, and University Center. So, we're, yeah, I think at some point we'll do an all-university episode. But um, Yeah, there's actually a few things we should do at the university. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about the bodies that are buried there. What? Yeah. Bodies? Stay tuned. Okay. You have me interested. I have, a, have I piqued your interest? You have. Um, yeah, and there's just so much going on in terms of architecture style and how the university ended up there. Yep. Where it was before it went there. And the old administrative building. Yes. I have a really cool photo of aerial photo of Winnipeg taken in 1926, mm-hmm. and that's just about the only building on the site. That's, that's really cool. cool. Yeah, we could include that even, sure. or we could wait for the university episode for that. We've already talked about the stadium, so we don't need to mention that ever again. <laughs> we, did we? <laughs> well, when we talked about concerts, oh, we mentioned it in passing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so Broadway beauties. Yep. All right. Let's Starting do it. with. Let's start with the Monarch Life Building. Okay. Which one's that? That's the Workers' Compensation Building. <gasps> oh, it was the Monarch Life Started Building back then. Started as the Monarch Life Building. 1960-61. I'm in love with that building. Smith Carter. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, the exterior cladding of Tyndall Stone and 4,044 gray granite panels. Yoy. But I want to tell you something cool about those panels. Okay. So a reciprocal agreement was made with the Cold Spring, Minnesota granite quarry that ensured that each truck sent with granite returned to Minnesota with Manitoba heather granite from Lactamani. <gasps> so it was the truck trucks were never empty. So if you went down to Minnesota, you were bringing Manitoba granite. Yeah, from Lactamani. And when the trucks came back, they brought the uh, this these gray granite panels. It it, it makes one wonder. Why we didn't just use our own granite? Well, our granite's not that gray granite. It's oh. very different. So they wanted a gray. They were looking for a look. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Aesthetics. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. It's sort of the industry we're in. We all want what we don't have in our own backyard. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, so this was a Massey Metal finalist. 
Oh, the Massey medal again. Yeah. Okay. There she is. Um, Structural steel was by, like, there's some really good information about all of the different building components online. Mm -hmm. The only one I pulled out was that the structural steel was by Bridge and Tank Western Limited. I love it. (laughs) Bridge and Tank. You just know from the name. It's just, it's going to stand there for... 50 more years. Yeah. I mean, I really just hope it wasn't Ed Bridge and Al Tank who started the company, but. (laughs) Uh, I want to mention three things about that building that I like. Please do. The front is articulated or what did I call it? Wobbly? Waffly? Wobbly? No, wobbly. Wobbly? Wiggly? Wobbly? I think you used all of those words. The ends of the building are just slightly prow shaped. Yeah. And uh, it has that cool top floor with yes. the windows floor the descending windows yeah. yeah a beautiful penthouse so it almost looks like you could take the building and just go and like like an accordion like an accordion but also because <laughs> that accordions are known for that sound. <laughs> <laughs> um but you can't see that top floor from street level unless you cross the street yes which makes it kind of cool yeah and then when we were at the workers' compensation building and looked across the street, we saw some more beautiful glass. We did. And so Waisman Ross and Associates, mm-hmm. which is also an architect, uh, designed four very similar buildings, not similar, four buildings in this style on Broadway okay. uh, for a company by the name of the Metropolitan Estates and Properties Corporation. Okay. Sounds sketchy. MEPC. Sure is how it's shortened. Um, So these buildings, and this is in order. So from 1960 until 1963, in order of construction, was 373 Broadway, 379 Broadway, 360 Broadway, and 338 Broadway. So starting with 373 Broadway, built in 1960. This is the International Business Machines Building. IBM. I'm laughing because the first time I read that, I didn't put two and two together. And I was like, who's the international business machine building? Um, It was constructed as three stories, but designed for five. Oh. And the additional two two stories were added in 1963. Hmm. So that's the taller of the two that were side by side. Yeah. Then there is uh, 379 Broadway, the second built building, which is Imperial House. Okay. Imperial House, I have to look it up because I want to make sure, because I think that's the same building, 379. Like, that's the other of the two. Mm -hmm. Imperial House Mm -hmm. was built in 1961. I love how all these buildings were called something house. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Just wait. Like it, just, just wait, there's, there's more. more. <laughs> yeah, just wait, there's more. Um, so Imperial House is the one that now has the ticket guys and Don's photo in it. Okay. Formerly Fools and Horses. Yes. Okay. Well, you told me that. I didn't know that. That's, yeah. I don't think I ever got Right across that. the, well, right across from one of your favorite pieces of public art. Oh, no, not that. <laughs> a suspended cap thing. <laughs> Um, okay, so then the third building in the series is 360 Broadway. That's called the, or was originally called the Citadel Life Building. Mm-hmm. And that one is, I think, the one we didn't look at. What did I say? 360? Yeah. What was the one with the cool glass on top, though? We're getting there. Okay. That, um, 
That's this one. Sorry. I will hold my comments. I take it back. Yeah, this is the, the one with the cool glass. Okay. So this building that the um the the main floor of the building has that inset look. It's got the ribbon of glass. Yeah. Which gives that bottom story the uh that floating look. Sure. Um and the penthouse has a completely different glass. Should we get should I get some real facts on this? Well, I'm just looking to see what's in there now. It looks like a subway. There's a there's a, the Southeast Resource Development Council Corp is in there now. Yes. Um, but here's what I want to tell you. About you know what I think is interesting about that building? What? That front corner. How it's like the corners inset? It's missing. Yeah. 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 It's really cool. So the windows at the four corners were cut away to balance and draw attention to the raised roof the cantilevers out over the sixth floor. That's sure what do. you're talking about? Yeah. Um, these great facts are coming from the Winnipeg Architecture Foundation's website. Solar stop heat reflecting glass in a metallic gold finish was used for the prominent top floor windows. So presumably a little bit more energy efficient. This was high tech at the time. This was very high tech. Yeah. And they're still, they still have that characteristic kind of goldy look to them. And then the fourth in the four was 338 Broadway. We didn't look at this one. No, I refuse to look at 338 Broadway. <laughs> no, you do not. Um, <laughs> this was built in 1962-63. It was called Britannia House. Okay. It was also a finalist for a Massey Medal in architecture in 1964. Oh, look at it. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a little narrower. It's got lots of vertical, verticals. Banding. Yeah. Yep. Or <laughs> accents. Structure. Vertical yeah, structure. Gotcha. Um, and um, so those four buildings, you can probably stand in the middle of Broadway and do a 360 and get a photo of each one of them. Oh, that's pretty cool. At that time, like you're thinking like late 50s, early 60s. What a time to be an architect or a builder. <laughs> Yeah. Well, like and, fortunes must have been made. And I don't I don't think that it's a coincidence that the architects who were involved in these early projects in this boom period are big firms that still exist today. Right. So I think uh, like that had to have contributed to a real solid foundation for the firm. Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't but uh, yeah. sure. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so those are the Broadway beauties. I love them. Aren't they great? They are great. Can you imagine? So Broadway at the time was pretty residential. There yes. were a lot of homes kind of marching along. And then all of a sudden these spaceships landed. Yes. In from, let's say, if we count. Well, sorry, if we go the paper, back if to we like count the origins life, of Broadway. Yeah. The the person who had envisioned Broadway had kind of thought it to be like a, a North American Champs-Élysées. Mm-hmm. So it had a very elegant, very traditional kind of look to it. Like when you yeah. see those old apartments that are all along there. Yes. It would have been all that. Yes. And trees. Well, and even smaller homes, like, or not small, mm-hmm. they were big, but yeah. single family homes. And um, a streetcar. And, and a streetcar. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but, and, and if you think of it, so the Monarch Life building, mm-hmm. 
373 Broadway, 379 Broadway, 360 Broadway, 338 Broadway, all built between 1960 and 1963. So in the span of three years, four years. That must have been a traffic nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it just set everybody's expectations, right? Um, So yeah, and, and of course, you know, a lot of the buildings that filtered in after that, but those are the notable ones, the ones I wanted to call attention to today. And around that time is when they invented putting soap in the fountains on Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> it's not something that we can confirm. That's just for when you move out. That's anytime somebody moves out of their apartment, right? Isn't that the uh, tradition? Is it? Is yeah. that a thing? Yeah. I guess we're going to find out. <laughs> um, so any, is there anything you... Anything else you want to chat about on the Broadway buildings? No, they were fantastic. I loved them all. It would be fun to do a walking tour in the summer. Yeah. We should see if listener wants to join us. Yeah, let's. That'd be fun. We just like herd a whole bunch of people around And Broadway. YR can bring snacks and take pictures. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> YR is young Rebecca, for anybody who doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, we've abbreviated. <laughs> we made it 19 episodes. We can no longer say a full name. It's not young and the restless. <laughs> Although she might be young and restless. She we might don't be. know. We don't know. She could be all my children. We don't know. <laughs> oh, the days of her life. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I have one honorable mention building. Okay. And I didn't even mention this to you yet. <gasps> is it my house? It is not. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 1961. Sure. Waisman Ross and Associates, Mm -hmm. the architect of the four Broadway beauties. Yes. Designed for their own purposes, number 10 Donald. Okay. Which is the little building that has a bridge directly onto the Midtown Bridge. (gasps) A pedestrian bridge. Yes. Connecting it to the Midtown Bridge. They designed that for themselves. They did. What a cute little calling card. It is, and um, there's kind of a neat little anecdote that they they chose that piece of land because it was sort of like a scrap or leftover piece of land, and they wanted to see what they could do with it, and so they designed a building that, again, meets all of these criteria for sort of a floating building. That's so cool. Uh, yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that the main floor was the admin offices, uh, the draftsman, the boardroom. And the like. Mm-hmm. In the lower level, <laughs> that's where the washrooms and the engineers were. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Steerage. <laughs> Below decks. Um, and I also thought it was really interesting that this building would later have its address used as the basis for the firm formed by the merger of Waisman, Ross & Associates with Blankstein, Coop, Gilmore, Hanna, creating number 10. Holy moly. Talk about the history of architecture in Winnipeg. I know. Uh, one day we should delve into how many lady architects. Ooh. Well, we kind of did. Did a we? A little bit when we talked about unstacking the deck. Okay. But we will do more. We should. Yeah. Sometime before the next International Women's Day. We should day. stack the deck. Right. With women. We should bring the deck out and <laughs> stack it. <laughs> did we just, did we talk about what uh, this floating style of architecture Floatalism. Nope. Uh, you explained to me what the kind of rules were. Yeah. We explained to listener. 
did I like not right at the outset? Oh, you may have. Was I listening? Did Was I, I say on my phone? Did I say something like characterized by mostly large, heavy structural, honest forms with yes. deeply inset and often glass main floors yeah. or banding, giving it the unmistakable look of floating? Yeah, you did said I all say that. It? Yeah, yeah we're okay. good. All right. We're good then. Okay, <laughs> so you mentioned Mies Van Der Rohe. I did. So um, I don't know if this will be of any interest to anyone except me. But did you hear about the lost Mies van der Rohe building that was recently constructed at the University of Illinois? I heard about it. Should I pretend I haven't? But did you look at it? Did you see it? No, I'm just, I actually don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yeah. <laughs> are you, are you like I'm playing around? Yeah. <laughs> I have to feel like, I have, or I have well, to, no, you can like, I have to sound like I know about You can know these. about it. <laughs> it's okay if you know about it. I'm sure you have the internet. I actually don't. <laughs> Tell Do me you more. architects get out like a newsletter? <laughs> a newsletter. Is there something that goes out? Okay, so in, <laughs> ni- in 2022, okay. a rediscovered design by Mies van der Rohe was completed at the Indiana University Bloomington campus. Okay. So it was designed in 1952 to be a fraternity house. And then the plan was scrapped. Okay. Nobody knew about this design. Like, people just went about their lives. Mm, okay. Like, even people that had worked with him, I think his nephew worked with him. It just went into the drawer. Just literally went into the drawer. A former member of the fraternity in, like, 2019, 2018, like, more recently, brought this project to the university's attention. Cool. And was like, hey, this fraternity house had been designed. Yeah. Never constructed. My wife and I would like to give you $20 million. What? To construct this thing. No way. Yes. Never before constructed, but previously designed. Previously designed and like forgotten about. Like completely forgotten about. I want to show it to you. Do. So um, they had to adapt parts of the design just to meet code and functionality, (laughs) right? Yeah, okay. From 1952, a few things might have changed. (laughs) A thing or two. Uh, but it opened in 2022 as the Eskenazi School of Art, Architecture, and Design, exactly 70 years after Mies developed the design. Wow. And Eskenazi, I'm probably mispronouncing that, is the former frat boy who brought it to the university's attention and donated the money. Okay. So it's a 10,000 square foot building. It has a large glass enclosed volume lifted one story off the ground and is pierced by a central atrium. I'm dying to see this. Are you dying to see this? Yeah. Is, <gasps> is that not the most beautiful oh, building? Oh, it, it, I mean, it is, it is iconically Mies. I mean, it looks like the Farnsworth. It looks like a giant version of the Farnsworth yes. house. It's beautiful. Isn't that crazy? Can yeah. you imagine that as a frat house, though? No. No. No, people would be going through that people glass would be puking, daily. puking off that thing. <laughs> But yeah, now it's like the uh, the School of Art, Architecture, and Design. That is so cool. Do you want another Mies van der Rohe fun fact? I do. Oh, here's one. At- oh, wow. And so there is like a central atrium that there's just like a hole in the roof and then... Oh my goodness, that must, be, there. that must be so cool to see that. So listener can Google the Eskenazi School of Art, Architecture, and do Design. You wanna, do you want to spell Eskenazi for them? E-S-K-E-N-A-Z-I. I um I have one other little fun fact. Okay. Do you know what Ludwig Mies van der Rohe's name was when he was born? It was not Ludwig Mies van der Rohe. What it was, was it? not. 
It was Maria Ludwig Michael Meese. Oh. (laughs) Maria Ludwig Michael Meese. That's many names. And none of, not a lot of them overlap. No. (laughs) (laughs) It just sounds like a mixed bag of names. (laughs) He's no Paige Victoria. (laughs) Oh, you just outed my middle name. (gasps) Sorry. Um, so yeah, that's some, uh, really, uh, I think iconic, I think it's safe to say iconic. Yes. Late fifties, early sixties. Yes. Architecture in Winnipeg. Yes. That appears to float. I love it. Just like the ice cream in my root beer. My mood has been elevated (laughs) by these. Did we mention... Floatalism. No, no. You're not... (laughs) Stop trying to make floatalism happen. Um, Did I mention... uh, Did we mention... Did we forget to mention... Part of the reason why we're doing floating architecture today... Is because we wanted to go to BDI and get a float. Yes. But the other reason? No, maybe that could be our... She's winking at me. She's whispering and winking at me, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. You can't wink at a microphone. Hey, Paige. Yeah? Happy Earth Day. It's Earth Day? (laughs) It's Earth Day. And you know how I know it's Earth Day? It's my Earth Day? (laughs) Happy Earth Day to you. (laughs) You know how I know it's Earth Day? How? Because O Donuts has an earth-shaped donut today they do and it has a heart on it or a booty depending on which way you're looking at it i think you should always approach a donut from the with the northern hemisphere on top (laughs) i love how i said it was an earth-shaped donut and you didn't even question it (laughs) all the flat earthers are having a pita bread today (laughs) the earth earth is not shaped like a donut and let's mention Let's mention it's a filled donut. So it is a filled donut, yeah. much like the earth is filled. Although <laughs> we did send young Rebecca in first. Yes. And I was delighted to find out it was filled with chocolate cream and not red hot magma. <laughs> Surprise, cinnamon, <laughs> spicy cinnamon. So in honor of Earth Day, we have donuts. Yes. And we also drove around in a hybrid vehicle. Yes. I feel we have done our part. We didn't litter. We also examined architecture that has a light footprint on the earth. Floating, if you will. Yeah. Cue the music. 